Welcome to That Guy's a Maniac, the podcast. The following is a disclaimer and an apology. Some of you may have been misled in last week's podcast that the episode number was in fact number 10. However, in actual fact, it was number 11. We extend our humble apologies and can guarantee this will not be the last time that we fuck this shit up. But that's what happens when you let Farley do all the legwork and the heavy lifting. <laughs> anyway, so Farley, what's uh, 11 plus 1? Uh, 10 2. 10 12 2. 2. 12 2. 10, so, 10 2. <laughs> so this, 10 is, 2? this is episode X2. 10, 10 2. No, you've got 10, 11. Yeah, 10, 11, and 10, 2. 10, 2. Okay, so this is episode 10, 2. Episode uh, 10, 2. Episode 10, 2. And we are doing it themed on fighting games. Fighting and, games. Yeah, and who's our sponsor this week, Farls? This week, we're very lucky. 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 We're very lucky. we <laughs> sponsored by Ultratech. Ultratech. Is a lovely little company that makes fighting robots and fighting dinosaurs and fighting human-alien hybrids. So don't forget, next time you want some fighting things, go to Ultratech. <laughs> Good work. Good work. Yep. Yeah. I mean, glad you don't fuck up the sponsor every single time. I like how you did the accent and then you just leaned right into it and went with it the entire way. <laughs> yeah, that way it sounded like it was deliberate. Yeah, we'll go. Good thing we don't hang a lamp on it or anything like that. I know. I, th- yeah. I think I got away with it. Nobody thought <laughs> that was me just saying that weird. Lucky. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, um, glad you got your fucking so in there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's now becoming. At least it's shifted. So now we have the entry. Now we have the intro. Oh God. The intro. <laughs> Sorry, were you were you mocking the way I say words? We're lucky now that we only <laughs> say so after the intro. Oh uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> so button mashers, button bashers. Button mashers, button bashers. We want to talk about fighting games. Button bashers, yeah. yes. Otherwise known as beat 'em ups, button bashers. Joystick wagglers, whatever you. I hate all of those. The, the British ones are the worst. Yes. It's, and it's understandable why, you know, video games aren't taken very seriously. <laughs> because if you think about, you know, I don't know, music journalism and, and movie journalism, which are kind of the obvious comparisons for, uh, for kind of video games, news commentary and journalism is you know genre endless discussion about genre labels and and uh, brackets within brackets and then when it comes to video games (laughs) particularly British violence they've got fucking button bashers and button mashers Uh, I mean that's the thing I mean with video games the the opening market for them as opposed to uh, the other mediums that you sort of mentioned there, it doesn't necessarily, it, it's not super accessible. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, 
it doesn't attract necessarily the same types of people with uh, with media and film and things like that. You tend to get a little bit more of the artsy fartsy guys who will yeah. deconstruct it and um, critique rather than critic it. Um, <laughs> and then when it comes to games, we talk about fucking Metroidvanias. Oh, no. It... Button bashes. Yeah. So, fighting games. You're a big to kind of top of the show you are a much bigger man than me sorry lame lame comedy um oh, you are a much bigger fighting game fan than me i have dabbled but you kind of have this uh, in the background you you know keep your toe in yeah but just before we uh, delve any deeper, one thing I did want to say, and this is something we should sort of let our humble viewers be aware of, is and preface this entire episode. Why are our, why are our viewers, first of all, their listeners? <laughs> why are they humble? Um, what well, did have to be to listen to us? <laughs> 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 I don't. Know. Uh, <laughs> what, is this? what is this? This is this is news to me. What is this special message to our humble listeners? Well, uh, because this this is secretly the podcast that never was as well. Oh, that's true. You're getting some yeah. behind the curtain. Content. Yeah. So, um, because we are obviously massive pros at um, podcasting, as you can tell, not one but, single. Yeah, exactly. You know, our entire. Um, opening to this podcast has been quite uh, well thought out, well planned, well spoken. Um, (laughs) So you can see that we're pros, but sometimes even pros have accidents where somebody might not press the record button where (laughs) we record 40 minutes of a show that just didn't actually happen. So (laughs) yeah, with with this fighting game one, um, we sort of tried to record it a couple of weeks ago it didn't work out we've kind of talked and then we kind of broke up as a band well your internet fucked up well but that was my excuse I just I was like podcast over podcast so we technically quit podcasting well I don't think we technically quit yeah no way so we broke up yeah, we broke up. But so it's taken us a, it's taken us a couple of weeks. Wow! Uh, but... And due to much fan demand, even though they didn't know we'd broken up because uh, the episodes hadn't gone out. Yeah, they they, to... they operate in a different timeline from us. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all over the TJM uh, wiki. Yeah. Uh, so due to <laughs> overwhelming fan demand, uh, we've come back together. To try and recon- not try and reconstruct, but to redo the lost episode. Because if you remember from the audio we first recorded, it's probably some of our best materials. It was clearly, best clearly the best material we've done. It was, uh, it was natural. It was flowing. There yeah. was no, there's no umming or airing. We didn't um, have to look up any titles or release dates. Because <laughs> I, I hear that's what uh, the fans really want from us as well, though. <laughs> We only spoke about games that we'd actually played rather than games that we'd not downloaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And obviously, we'd, you know, that was uh, magic in a teacup. 
to to mash up some metaphors. Oh. Magic in a teacup. Magic in a teacup. Do you mean lightning in a bottle? No. <laughs> I, I think like, you do. Like a teacup <laughs> from storming a teacup. All right, okay. From magic. From just the general concept, of magic. Magic, magic from. Oh, what was it called? Wackadee. There, there you go. A blast from the past. A little a widely appreciable reference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy Mallet's uh, cockatiel magic in a teacup with a storm. Yeah. Not so at all, although, lightning in a bowl. Although you won't know this, but we might actually pinch some of our old material as we go through this. Yeah, or, or awkwardly reconstruct some of the moments. Um, but we're trying our best not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So go on then. Alright, okay, yeah. Where do we start? Well, you were just talking about how I was a bigger man than you and I play real games, like fighting games. <laughs> yeah, every era except for Um <laughs> But yeah, um Yeah, um I quite like fighting games and uh, I don't know, there's a sort of a raw visceral appeal to them to me. I've had like some of the best times I've had playing video games, like especially on a couch versus other people, um, just sort of playing like fighting games and just uh, the appeal of just like one-on-one -on -one fighting combat and then just sort of getting into the mechanics and learning how a particular character throws out special moves or does fireballs or has a backflip or a grapple or whatever you want to say. Um, I really, really enjoy that sort of side of fighting games. Um, that being said, and as much as I like them, I really, really want to preface all of this with... Um, I'm not very good at them. Like, <laughs> I, I, I really, really do enjoy them, but um, I have seen and I have, you know, uh, sat alongside people who are incredibly good at fighting games and they use the proper terminology. Like, fighting games has a subgenre um, of terminology and all sorts of things for how you're supposed to play a character or a sort of a generic blueprint of how to approach the fighting games as they are so like we were talking about this before and like um it's terms like zoning and grapplers and uh, like all of these sorts of uh, words sort of make it an inaccessible thing but at the same time I, what I just want to sort of say is like I play fighting games and I enjoy them. I don't really fully care for or understand a lot of that terminology, you know? Yeah, things uh, like footsies, command grabs, all of that. Yeah, stuff. Twitching again. Uh, perhaps part of that um, comes from the kind of weird situation that. 
that we have with, particularly with early fighting games, uh, and then situated within the UK, because unlike America and Japan, we didn't really have a big arcade scene. So certainly where we're both concerned, you know, the first uh, hands-on I had with fighting games was was because you know the SNES came out or or IK Plus on the Amiga, um, and I certainly had no idea that, that there was an arcade cabinet or or you know wasn't excited about. Oh, this game that we're playing in the arcades finally comes consoles. Yeah, um, like when you would see it on like um, American movies or whatever, you would see them at these arcades that were just full of arcade cab- cabinets, and people would be playing, you know, like light gun games and you know fighting games and all that sort of stuff. And it was just like, wow, is this something that happens? Because in the UK, yeah. we just didn't really have that. Or yeah. Chip shop on the corner would have one arcade machine that it's had for the last forty years. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's certainly no sense of you know all that. Well, I don't, obviously it depends where you grew up, but I don't think generally across the UK it's thing. There's certainly no you know sense of kind of queuing up, put your coin on the cabinet, uh, learning different techniques and different moves. So no, yeah, I, in fact. Yeah, like the my exposure to sort of arcades, or the first time I saw an arcade machine was my local swimming baths. I a swimming pool had a uh, pang uh, <laughs> as an arcade cabinet machine, um, and I mean <laughs> when I say that that arcade that that arcade machine must have been there for about a decade at least. Pang yeah. was not a very recent game at that point. Um, but yeah. Uh, debatable as to whether it was ever emptied as well. Yeah, I, I don't even... It, it probably hadn't even made a transition at that point to, like, real money, you know? It was probably still yeah. using Imperial me- measurements or something. <laughs> Somebody bought it on win uh, and it never actually made its money back. That's why it sat there for, for 10 years. <laughs> so, already off the bat, this kind of weird filter of, of something that uh, a big part of is designed around, you know, being in an arcade against somebody. Um, a lot of, to me, fighting games are really strange. And it continues to this day, actually. Um, because for the most part, they don't really give you the tools that you need. It's, it's unlike most other kind of game genres which uh, you know will will give you an easy landing so you, you load up the game and kind of introduce the mechanics one by one until by the end of the game you're you know like a platform you're running around with all these kind of skills and abilities you know what you're doing fighting games for the longest of times and it's been a criticism of some of them are just you know you load it up and then you just have to l- learn all the moves <laughs> today you can look up move lists online the you, pause button. Yeah, prep pause. Back in the day, <laughs> yeah. just work it out. You know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so us when we got a SNES, it was the Street Fighter Two Turbo SNES, um, and and it came with that. And see, you know, we were just we were just kind of working it out. We had no idea of you know the the you know, what Hadouken was. Um, I, I wonder how helpful the manual was. But I, I distinctly remember 
some games, you know, they, they give you a couple of moves per character, but they absolutely wouldn't tell you every single move. No. And no attempt whatsoever to tell you about mechanics, you know, kind of you know, blocking, uh, uh, wall jumping, um, for the games that have kind of rock, paper, scissors systems. None of that. So you have to work it out. And it, and it kind of persists today. Yeah, um, I would say that I know exactly where you're coming from, especially in Street Fighter. Now, I played Street Fighter 2, not Super Street Fighter 2, so I never got to like really delve deep in um, like the the big four boss characters because they're playable in that in Super Street Fighter. But I like I know for a fact that when I played Street Fighter, we would try and discover the moves, and we discover the moves like. Like we'd learn how to do Hadouken and Dragon Punch, but it took me the longest time, or it took me a long, long time, way after, to find out that there was hold back moves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so for instance, um, I, I think it's um, what's his face, uh, Blanca. You can like hold back and B, and then press forward and B, and he does this roll across the screen, or classically Chun Li, one of my favourite characters, I never knew how to do her spinning bird kick, it was like hold down and then press up and kick and you do the spinning yeah. bird kick, but yeah I remember, you know uh, kind of myths about uh, Dow Sims moves right? because, you know, occasionally the CPU would pull off a yoga teleport and you're like, how the fuck <laughs> you know, because <laughs> there's no yeah. way of working out how to do that, let alone reliably kind of pull it off um, mid mid uh, mid fire. So yeah, and that's. But I think that's probably a very good reason as to why they're called button bashers, because you you do you accidentally would pull off one of these moves in the middle of fighting your mate and be like, shit, how did I do that? And yeah. you think back to what buttons you were rapidly punching and pressing and combinations you were doing. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah I had no idea about any of those hold back moves at all. Not until, like, way, way later generation of it. I think it was... Um, yeah. So talk us through... Let's let's kind of go through our chronologies, I guess. You know, the, the histories, of, histories of fighting games. Brief, you know, kind of briefly. I think... A very, very brief, um, as obviously there was on the Commodore 64, there was like IK Plot and things like that, but I don't yeah. remember that specifically well. I think you've got better memories of it on the Amiga than I do. Yeah, we used to love, uh, used to love IK Plus, and then they, they released it for the PlayStation, and I, I picked that up as well. And that was, um, that was kind of cool because it, the systems were so limited. That you, you, didn't, you, know, you didn't have these huge move sets. It's basically you know, high, medium, low, uh, and, and, and that's all there is to it. Um, but the just used to love the soundtrack, um, and then I don't know. I don't know if that introduced them to fighting games. I doubt it. But the kind of bonus <laughs> games in between. So there's one where bombs would bounce along, and you'd have to do kicks or sweeps to hit them out of the way. And then every now and then a rubber. Like a, a man's head would bounce along. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and then there's only one stage. There's loads of little details in the back, so it's really dynamic in the background. So that sometimes there'd be a little caterpillar. I seem to remember sometimes Pac-Man would go along, a bird would fly across the background. So yeah, and we used to 
This is old news to me. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's, uh, you know, find an emulated version and um, and actually perhaps we should we should uh, do a video of it because it's, it's dead simple but um, fun. Yeah. Uh, you got through the dance. Um, so it has a, a kind of all the core elements. So that was that was probably the first fighting game we engaged with, uh, and then uh, uh, me and a friend played Street Fighter on either the Amiga or the Commodore, but it was so, it was unrecognisable as a a Street Fighter. I remember Street Fighter Two came out on the Commodore sixty four, and it came out like way after even the zeitgeist of the SNES version I think uh, it was like what is this even doing on the Commodore 64 and it looked awful yeah I just I remember it being essentially like you know two blocky exclamation marks <laughs> um, yeah but yeah like the, so was... the, the original Street Fighter as in just not Street Fighter 2 but Street Fighter it was. Yeah. It, it, I think it had a release on the Commodore 64 as well, and yeah, I think yeah, exclamation marks and yeah, definitely, yeah. And then, uh, and then the SNES came along. Well, I just oh, before okay, so before we jump yeah, on the SNES, um, I had I had a lot of experience of Mortal Kombat on the Amiga as well, and yeah, it blows my mind that that came out on the Amiga. I, I didn't even know it was out on any other. And of course, I, when I played it on Amiga, uh, with the Amiga, it was always joysticks as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like it was. Um, it was over a course of like a few discs. Um, I think I've mentioned this before, but yeah, it's it's nuts that you would actually you would play it with your mate, and you would, depending on the characters you chose the game would then have to tell you insert disc 4 or insert disc 6 or whatever um, but certain characters you could sort of reuse in, in, in a certain fashion so for instance if you chose Scorpion um, you could then play as Reptile or Sub-Zero without having to put the disc in again so it was kind of like they, they already kind of uh, loaded like three or four characters onto each disc so if you both chose like a certain character you could get away with not having to load it over and over and over again but the biggest biggest pain in the arse for that was uh, if anybody chose uh, Shang Tsung and you put in a code <laughs> to turn into any one of the other characters the game would pause ask you to put in the disc <laughs> and then you would have to load in uh, that other uh, character. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, considering uh, we talked about this a bit, how lazy we become as gamers. Like, where, where now nowadays, we're like, oh, I don't really know what to play, but I can't be bothered to change the cartridge or change the disc. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Let alone <laughs> mid-game, mid-fight, mid-round. Uh, swapping discs in and then, well, I think because back in back in the you know, we're not doing a big evolutionary history, but back uh, when those fighting games came out, they were, they were kind of much more difficult to pull apart from things like uh, let's say wrestling games and side scrolling, side side scrolling uh, kind of beat maps. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, 
Let's, presentation was the same. Let's put a big pin in this right now. We'll come back to our chronology when we come back to the snakes. But right now, I want to go into a little bit more depth about what actually is a fighting game, or at least what games we're going to be talking about as our fighting games, because I've said this before, the tagging on Steam um, is a bit weird, um, and again, they're given different names, such as what we were talking about, beat-em-ups, or the side-scrolling beat-em-ups, as you mentioned there as well. Um, fighting games, for me, is, you know, it is like your classic Street Fighter-esque, one player versus another player, left side of the screen, right side of the screen, you jump about, you fight, you do moves, you learn the character's moves sort of thing. Um, I do not think a side-scrolling beat-em-up like Streets of Rage or Golden Axe or whatever falls into the fighting game category, uh, but I th- uh, uh, quite a few people do. Uh, and I know there are ones that exist out there that actually include the mechanics of it. And in fact, I think Tekken 6 or 7 uh, includes a side-scrolling beat-em-up section just to, to, to mess around with my definition. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm like... Um... Okay, so if we, take, if we take that as the vanilla case, you know, you're looking at one screen, you probably scroll left or right, uh... Where, where are the kind of edge cases that for you would sit within your classification? So what about like arena fighters? Right? So think of things like uh, Pokken or some of the uh, Dragon Ball Naruto games that you love so much. I, again, they, are, they sort of move away from... And, and, and again, I'm, there's going to be some edge cases here as well. They move away from that sort of 2D plane. Now I know, yeah. I know, in a lot of games uh, such as Soul Calibur or Tekken, know, yeah. you have the ability to. Going to say what about Tekken? What about? But yeah, you're given that perspective. It is a button input, and you have to sort of shift around. But ultimately, in order to actually land a blow, you're going to have to be facing each other. It's a sort of uh, a magnetic attraction and. Um, in fighting games where you're almost always facing each other you jump over someone you don't stay facing the other direction you automatically turn and you're facing that person you know there there is that kind of magnetic attraction there which stops you looking in another way you are you are fighting them and that's going it's it's it is a little um difficult to say but i would say and categorize even Soul Blade and um, Tekken is almost 2D because it is on a 2D plane that you're fighting, you know? And as much as you can sidestep yeah, yeah, and dodge... You can kind of sidestep, like, particularly with Soul Blade, which I spent a lot of, a lot of time <laughs> on. And it's, it's probably my favourite one, so I, I just never really got to grips with, with Soul Calibur. Um, when you do step out of that plane, you're very limited in what you can do, right? You, it's kind of a bit awkward. You know, you don't really have a huge amount of moves that you can use in that space to take advantage of the fact that you might be next to somebody. You know, there's a there's a, a move that will do some extra damage or have a different animation because you're behind them. But really, you're just kind of slightly edging off the plane for a split second, but then everything kind of snaps back to that plane. Yeah. But... Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I appreciate that it's vague, and I know that there are... There are games out there that 
definitely deviate from that um, sort of our vanilla explanation of it, but I would definitely say fall very much into the category of a fighting game. Um, um, let me give you a couple more edge cases. Okay. Needhog. Needhog. Yeah, I mean, it is a is very, a, very strip. Many, many screens. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, uh, <laughs> it is a very, very stripped-down version of a fighting game in, in so many ways. But ultimately, Needog is just paper, scissors, rock. And as much as you can be paper, scissors, rock to get past that person, that is it. You know? Um, and, yeah, I would say it is a fighting game, but it's way, 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 way pared back. It, it's sort of been like taken back to the very very roots of IK plus and things like that but then it it's just sort of evolved gone off on its own tangential evolutionary line and become its okay. own thing but yeah i was yeah, i'm sure yeah. Yeah, i'm sure we could do like a <laughs> like a spider diagram yeah evolutionary phylogenetic relationships between point and um, <laughs> wrestling games where do we sit with those where do you sit with those I, I I mean my exposure and I apologise for this Farley, my exposure to wrestling games is only the times that you've loaded up your wrestling games <laughs> uh, I, I've, I I don't particularly like wrestling, I, rem- I in fact I remember Wrestlemania on the Commodore 64 there was a, there was a friend of mine who had Wrestlemania and he, he was right into you know, WrestleMania back when it was Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We made a big splash. Yeah. Over here in the nineties. Yep. But uh, Sky. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was on Sky right after the Simpsons. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. Uh, I I'm not a huge fan of them because I I, I don't know. I, to be honest, all I really remember about wrestling games and, and this is your fault is like you could create characters and do intros and all of the characters you created looked like gimps and had an intro song which was I'm an ass man <laughs> yeah I, I, I mean we're a huge um, we're huge wrestling uh, fans and uh, wrestling games but uh, I guess the reason why I brought them up is because um, it's one of those other persistent. I mean, it's, it's almost a genre in its own category. Uh, this is one of those games where one on one, or sometimes two on two, is kind of at the heart. Of, you know, that's the the central premise. Is it's a um, competitive rather than cooperative game, uh, as it's kind of central premise. Um, one more, and then we will actually start talking about. Uh, the chronology again, games. yeah. Uh, Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, um, contentiously, um, the way I play Super Smash Brothers, because I don't play it like in a competitive environment or anything like that, but... Um, Not that many people do, but there we go. There you go, exactly. Um, I play it for the storyline, or I'll play it <laughs> against you, or play it cooperatively with you, uh, but there's, I 
feel there's too much going on and I feel that they're despite having some roots in in fighting mechanics and the way that you move your character uh, I think it, the putting them in a great big arena with lots of things that can happen random things dropping from the sky kind of moves it away from being a fighting game and yeah. it becomes its own thing I think it's um one of those games where it, it can be either. Like, so if you turn all the items off, only play in um, what do you call it, battlefield Omega stage mode uh, with no items, then it, yeah. then it that is a pure fighting game. Um, albeit with the, well, you know, you can even put on um, stamina. Although, interestingly, when it is kind of played professionally in inverted commas, um, it tends to be based on knocking people off the screen. Um, yeah. Yeah, it can be. Okay. But um sorry, just to quickly go back cuz what yeah. you you sort of said there as well was uh, wrestling games I never understood the health bars or or the systems that they used. Wrestling games uh, it seems to be like you would do things and grab people and try to pin them but you could only pin them if certain things happened or if you hit a button at the right time. It yeah, I think yeah Again, that just sort of moves away from the simple beauty of a blooming health bar, rather and, than anything and also else. Introducing, and uh, you know, this is why it's famously people don't like Smash Brothers or certain characters are banned from certain um, competitive tournaments. Is is any element of randomness? Right? You introduce a random number element. So, yeah, for example, Mr. Game and Watch has a move. Where he gets that side hammer. If it's a nine, that's an instant smash. So <laughs> yeah, he's, he's kind of bad. Uh, and with wrestling games, there there is that mechanic of uh, you essentially wear each other down, and then it increases your chances of winning a grapple or ultimately getting the the kind of one, two, three pin. Um, you can kind of mash out. Yeah, so that's another thing that people tend to not like in their fighting games is random. You know, it has to be about the the pure skill and uh, almost like <laughs> yeah. sterile lab conditions um, where you can guarantee that if you do this at this frame this will happen or that, or that kind of nonsense. I suppose, yeah. Um, yeah. But again, that, 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 that's not necessarily a thing that I like about fighting games either. You do have that interesting kind of thing of, um, you know, and then there are a couple of, uh, uh, you know, like a podcast listen to where people, you know, or, or in countries where there is a, an actual fighting game scene um, uh, you know and uh, I, 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 I wish we had more of it here to be honest you know where things are you know where things are televised or you've got your favourite players uh, and you know things go from seasons to seasons and as new content comes out or new games are released everyone's moving from game to game um, we're kind of <laughs> the way we're talking about fighting games is this weird kind of almost uh, backward pocket universe where uh, we don't really know them from the arcades, don't really play them <laughs> competitively, um, aren't particularly good at them, and let's face it, at our age, are only going to get worse, right? <laughs> <laughs> Reflexes of aren't what they were, <laughs> free, time, free time isn't what it is. Um, 
And that's how we're going to be looking at <laughs> fighting games. <laughs> Absolutely not the way. From perhaps supposed to be enjoyed and played and invented. From from a depressing mortal view. <laughs> oh god. Okay. Yeah, that, that's the view. But yeah. Uh, so why don't we hit up the snares? Heart so back to those heady yeah, so days where we did have time and, <laughs> and games reflexes. Uh, fighting games on the NES, I would say probably don't extend much further than like what we would have said in the Commodore 64. I'm sure there was a WrestleMania on the NES as well. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I could do the research. I could do it right now. I, I could look it up. It's proven that our readers love to hear us tip a tap on the, the, the keyboard audibly. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't part... <laughs> wasn't part of our kind of chronologies. No, it definitely not. I think my my exposure to NES games was nothing more than Duck Hunt and Mario. So, yeah. 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 Duck Hunt, Mario, Dig Dug. No, it wasn't Dig Dug. Because the Dig Dug was the first fighting game, wasn't it? <laughs> it was uh, the Dig Em Up. Uh, <laughs> Dig yeah, Em Up. And then um, the SNES came along. Uh, yeah, it's weird... Um, because the way I remember it, and things might not have lined up like this, but uh, when the SNES launched here, it was, you know, a bundle, and the bundle that we ended up getting, it was bundled with Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. <laughs> it's like, I wonder if there was a not super version of Street Fighter. Yeah, that's weird. I Street Fighter 1. I wonder if there was a Street Fighter uh, 2, Super Street Fighter 2 not Turbo. So it's I remember, I remember Street Fighter 2, just Street Fighter 2. Not Super Street Fighter 2 uh, bundle. And I, I remember it for a long time, but like, yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, and so then uh, the SNES was, was it Clay Fighter? Killer Instinct, which I was, I think I was a much bigger Killer Instinct fan than I ever was a Street Fighter fan. Yeah, I love Killer Instinct. And again, <laughs> just to hark back to what you were saying uh, about all of the uh, having to discover moves and things like that, I think we <laughs> we both probably had the same Nintendo magazine, which we had all splayed out with every single one of the moves, how to do Orchid's 64 hit ultra yeah. combo and you no, would sit there and you would tap and you would practice yeah some like raggedy because it had been up and down the street right because you know when <laughs> endless summers where you'd hang out with all the kids in the street but up and down the street uh like you know stunned to to thumb to bits uh and then there'd just be hours of of you know kind of um two people having a pad uh, knocking one person, you know, like, oh, don't, no, don't do anything, I'm just, I'm just trying to do something. Uh, knocking the other person down to the woozy state and then trying to pull off uh, an ultra combo and, and whatnot. And then occasionally the player who was just supposed to be the stooge would fight back. And, no, don't fight. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> good, good times. So then, you know, every now and then pull off, uh, pull off a crazy ultra combo. Yeah, um, I mean, like the the inputs that you would have to put into to learn those sixty four hits. You were pressing more than sixty four buttons 
and you had to like straight up get all of the like the inputs for the kicks just right as well and I, I remember it was like Fulgore had to in the middle of one of his combos press uh, oh, I can't remember it was like you had to press like block or run in the middle of one of his combos so they would do the laser eye quickly and you would cancel it and then, you know it's just fucking nuts man um, and the expectations of I mean who found that out who was the person in the arcades that was like, right, this is the best way to get the optimal 64 hat arcade combo, you know, like, what the hell, yeah. man? Well, it, it was, um, and again, maybe it's done before, but Killer Instinct um, was different, and, and I think this is why uh, we got into it much more than Street Fighter, in that there was a kind of a language to the fighting, right? You know, here are your opening, you know, a, a whole bunch of moves per character, and it was only because this magazine that we got any sense of this. Uh, oh, no, I think maybe there's a little bit in the manual. Um, but these moves will then open up the possibility of you know doing a longer combo, and then this is a chain move, which which you could then go into to then extend your combo. Um, and that that was that was just kind of mind blowing because then you, you, know, you could massive get mechanics, yeah, 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 uh, and then finish it off with a with an ultra for these these huge kind of move combos, um, and then the the fact that uh, well, Killer Instinct came bundled with its own CD, Killer Cuts, um, and there's the music in Killer Instinct is phenomenal. And what I absolutely loved in the in the kind of re-release of the the, re- the most recent Killer Instinct. Is that loads of those tracks are, are kind of tucked away and hidden away, um, but like remixed because um, that's a huge part of the nostalgia for me. Killer Instinct. Did you I not also, um, on our blog actually get in contact with the guy who did the Killer Cut CD or something? Yeah, but that was about <laughs> uh, uh, one of his. He, he, I was playing Time Splitters Two. The same guy did the Time Splitters Two soundtrack. So phenomenal career, Graham. <laughs> um, and I left. Uh, I, I, I think I died on one of the levels, and then just left it, either fiddling on my phone or going to the toilet, and then came back, and the soundtrack was making this really creepy noise, like this really creepy human noise. Bearing in mind, it's like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, so yeah, we emailed him about that, and he got back to us. And sadly, I didn't ask him about. Um, uh, the Killer Cuts uh, soundtrack. I think you, you told them about your love of it. <laughs> well, yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. I still I still love it, and I love it. I love that they're all kind of remixed in the uh, in the latest version. Yeah. Um, but yeah. touching on um, Killer Instinct, another thing that I really like, or one thing that I like about fighting games in general is there tends to be a lot of hidden content, especially on the ones that were on the SNES or the PlayStation and things like that. Like, for instance, like even um, Killer Instinct, you would get special cheats that would somehow influence the game in some way. Like, you could get like a super speedy version of the game, like because uh, I think the arcade game was much, much faster. But they slowed it down for the home version, um, so you could go back and you could do it really, really fast. And like, and there was things like, um, like there was the secret end character, the final boss character, which was uh, Idol, 
like you could play like you would choose cinder and then as you were loading up you had to put in a big long button input or something like that and you would get this secret hidden character and things like that it was quite cool um i I like that and of course there's other things that you would get in there as well like you would get alternate costumes you could make cinder look like glacius and glacius look like cinder or give them the color palettes and have fun with that. It's that sort of stuff that I liked, especially in the SNES versions. I don't know if Street Fighter had anything similar. Like, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. And it's something that you've bemoaned recently uh, on the blog um, about the fact that a lot of this is now just just straight DLC. Yeah, right? straight up DLC. Yeah. <laughs> So the fun um, secrets that people would put behind great big long, you know, key p- uh, button presses um, is now just, yeah, buy it for two seventy nine. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, you know, in, um, is it Dead or Alive 5? The latest has, one? Uh, it has, it has like thousands and thousands of pounds worth of yeah. costumes. Absolutely not. To buy all of them. And of course, they're they're really really PC costumes of like <laughs> uh, wedding day lingerie, <laughs> yeah, Christmas slitch, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just, I just I, whilst you were talking, I was looking up how you um, play as Idol on the SNES, and I've completely forgotten this. So at the versus screen, you press and hold right. You continue to hold right and press L R X B Y, and then. Uh, you hear a, do you remember this you hear a voice that says idol yeah <laughs> totally do <laughs> <laughs> mental but yeah, yeah that was cool, uh, that yeah. was last cool. note on Killer Instinct okay so I have two copies of Killer Instinct on the Game Boy oh on the Game Boy <laughs> yeah oh Despite god never buying them no <laughs> idea where they come from <laughs> wow Fucking hell! So should you have a Mad Klepto, uh, <laughs> and have a Game Boy and two Game Boys and a cable. I actually can then do. <laughs> oh God! Well, maybe we could play Killer Instinct on the Game Boy. I'm sure the complexities uh, of a of a whatever eight button, six button, and a D pad translate really well to a D pad and two buttons. Yep, <laughs> and uh, of course. What, 32 by 32 pixels or something? Fuck it, hell. But yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I suppose we should talk about the the latest Killer Instinct. Have you touched it? Played it? Or no, I haven't. I watched I watched lots and lots of videos of it. Um, I okay. really loved the, the way they. Uh, you know, kind of rotated the free character, had numerous seasons, um, had the original kind of music, brought back some of the old characters. Yeah, and it looked great. And does Orchid still get her tits out to do a fatality? Uh, was that a fatality or was it a secret something else? No, it's like Killer Instinct had their the equivalent of fatalities, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. Oh, I can't remember what they're called. Ultimates? Yeah, let's call them Ultimates. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if she does or not. Oh, okay. What about you? Have you played the new one? Nope, not at all. 
Uh, Did you play gold? Nope. <laughs> on the N64. On the N64. Yeah. No, didn't. <laughs> uh, that's really weird. I like I had, I had so much good times with uh, Killer Instinct on the on the SNES, but I guess it just that was it. That was that was all I needed for Killer Instinct. Huh. Yeah. I I don't even feel compelled to go and play like the PC version or. Did it come out in 360 or something? No, it wasn't 360, it was Xbox One, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Ah, oh, so... <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for putting up with us not knowing, not researching the games that we were talking about. Two Great. Seconds yeah, yeah. Uh, Street Fighter, what, what else? I've never... Yeah, like I said, I've never been a Street Fighter, and I think it's because um, I, I never really settled on... Um, on a a main you'd be like like a you know a character that you like and is like, oh you know but that's good terminology that is good fighting game te- terminology yeah. that is choosing the character that you want to want to spend and invest your time in you know you yeah. want to main this character you know um and i've never and to this to, to this day uh still don't really still haven't really gravitated on a street fighter main um and i've you know not really played many in the series, I don't think. Mm, okay. I mean, I, I I tend to always, like, because of the way I played it initially, it was, we were learning the moves, let's choose the default man. So I, I would play as um, Ryu. Ryu. Oh my god. What are we going to land on? We're going to call him Ryu? Ryu? We are... Uh gonna stick to our guns right as true <laughs> Brits and call him Ryu Ryu so yeah. Ryu, Ryu. <laughs> um, yeah so I would play a lot as him so I had learned like his moves they were quite easy roll forward and you get your dragon punch and then you get the roll backwards for your oh god that's not that's good where you spin round. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I know you. Oh, good. Glad. Do you know what I mean? Fucking hell. I know. I've oh, been fucking waiting. hell. <laughs> for this long, for somebody to finally explain reuse moves on the SNES. Okay, fine. Whatever, motherfucker. But um, I tend to always gravitate to um, boring character. No, no, no. Um, despite learning a lot of what I did um, with Ryu, I tend to gravitate towards Chun Li because once we found out about the screen bounce thing, uh, like wall jumping, um, it was quite. It was a game changer. You know, somebody would battle you into the corner whilst you're blocking, and they'd been able to jump out of it and sort of do that reversal. Uh, back on them uh, it was good um, but yeah like I said I played Chun-Li and enjoyed playing as Chun-Li but I knew one move like in Street Fighter 2 she did not have the fireball um, and I didn't know how to as I explained before do the spinning bird kick so basically I would just do her kicky thing over and over and over again <laughs> and that, that was uh... <laughs> 
But um, no, I t- still tend to sort of go back to her as a character. I think Chin- Chinners is a good fun character to have, especially once they gave her a fireball as well. No? What, um, what <laughs> other Street Fighter games did you play? Um, on the PlayStation, I, I, I know that's jumping a few Street Fighter games. Um, I spent a lot of time on uh, Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha. Um, <laughs> two, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, and, I mean, as much as uh, I only realised this about a few years ago, that was actually a crossover game. Um because there's this other whole uh, bunch of people uh, that are in that game that are just sort of crossed over from another fighting game with Street Fighter. I can't remember what the name of the other game is. I'm so glad you put me on the spot about that. Um, fucking hell. Yeah, keep, yeah, yeah. Keep talking. But yeah, so Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha, it was, um, I think it was the first time um, that they'd sort of moved into a 3D plane. So it was bringing like these ridiculously polygony, blocky Ryu characters together, and they had a really, really mad variety of people um, who'd actually come from the Street Fighter Alpha series. And Street Fighter Alpha or Street Fighter Two Alpha was it wasn't Street Fighter Three, but it was prettier sort of mangified characters better looking it's clearly just as there was the move from the 16-bit machines like the SNES moving up to 32 and 64 and there's just more pixels on the screen so they made them look prettier and so you kind of see um Ryu Ryu in more of his uh sort of more of the style that you see him today in a lot of fighting games um, rather than just being a bunch of pixels what was the name of the game? Uh, I'm not finding it you're not finding it? oh damn it um, hang on give it... yeah yeah absolutely SNK is it? Yeah. Which one? EX plus Alpha 2? Yeah. The crossover. Or is that EX2? Uh, Street Fighter EX2 plus Alpha. <laughs> These titles. Uh, and then did you play 3? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I kind of lost. I kind of lost interest. I think that's when uh, uh, it wasn't really until three, arguably four, that it kind of came out of a big dip, right? Yeah. It had a kind of big dip. I mean, it went off in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, I mean, and that being said, uh, and which is sort of, I know that we're fast forwarding beyond our chronology at this point, but. Um, like Street Fighter 4 I I owned that on the 360 when it came out and I know that that's still we're on Street Fighter 5 at the moment but Street Fighter 4 when I loaded it up I 
I felt sad because I played it and I played through it and it just became very, very apparent to me very, very quickly that all it was was an esports um, framework rather than yeah. a fighting game. And that's the sad thing about many fighting games. And, and although it was, it was often lip service, right? So the, the, the story mode in Street Fighter was you, you play through a bunch of characters in order and you get two screens with some ridiculous story. Um, Soul Blade uh, was obviously different with the um, with the map and running around. Um, yeah, was a bit more there. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a rare exception. That's kind of really been um, it's really been stripped back. And I think the one that we both were most disappointed in um, was Marvel vs. Capcom. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because it had yeah. so much potential, and uh, you know, aside from kind of the rolling intros or um, some of the promotional materials. There's one, I think it's, I think it's Marvel vs. Capcom 2 or 3, I can't remember, where it's uh, essentially a bunch of... It's like a camera slowly moving around these fixed environments, um, just showing off all this detail. And it's just... The potential is just phenomenal. So you have um, uh, Deadpool surfing on Phoenix Wright's objection you know the big text yeah uh, and it's like how how crazy is that that kind of Deadpool's fourth wall breaking comic stuff is in and then yeah yeah but that being said I mean like uh, so Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was the famously um, it's just a 2D game um, but it was on the um PlayStation 2, um, but it, it, it was, was... It? yeah. Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was when they moved to the 3D one. That's the one that came out. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, but Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was the one uh, which was I want to take you for a ride. You know that open that um, character selection screen where she would yeah. just sing that over and over and over again. Yeah. Is it PlayStation 2? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Um, and, yeah, I mean, as much as it um, it was a shallow game, as in it didn't have that much in the way of secrets, it didn't have that much in the way of all that sort of stuff, it was essentially a fun way to get the Marvel Universe into a fighting game. Um, I actually think that the the sort of Capcom characters took a sort of sit back bench, um, especially the Street Fighter ones. Like uh, it was fun to have like Jill in there or Mega Man, but um, the rest of the characters they were much more fun to actually get in there and play and sort of go through. But again, ultimately there was one thing you could do, which was play through, fight a bunch of people. There would be no dialogue, there would be no interaction, and you wouldn't even get like a, a nice bit at the end. I think you just, what was it, you killed, I can't even remember what it was, it was like a big 
flecky lava beast thing at the end of Marvel vs. Capcom 2. It wasn't even like Galactus or something like that. It was... Uh, oh, it probably is well known. <laughs> I'm just talking about arse now. But yeah, um, yeah, no, I liked that, but it was really, really cool because it brought... Um, it brought a comic bookiness to the Marvel character, uh, so the Capcom characters, and it brought <laughs> yeah. the comic bookiness. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, it brought the comic bookiness uh, into a really cool-looking fighting format as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I have very, very fond memories of playing that. But again, there wasn't anything else to it. There was no story. There was no. There was no nothing more than just this is us fighting each other, and I'm sure that it was an incredibly competitive game in Japan or whatever, you know. Um, but I don't think it was. I, I certainly wasn't playing it competitively. I was mostly playing, I think, as Cable because he had a a great big um, the ability to fire things from far away. <laughs> whatever that's called zoner maybe Zoning. yeah um so yeah i used him a lot and uh yeah, uh, it, yeah. it is what it is but uh, marvel versus capcom 3 when it came out i i was super hyped super excited the introduction of dante and deadpool like you were saying and even like all the other slay or slew of characters that they had um, and then I played it, and it was just as shallow as Marvel vs. Capcom 2, if not more shallow, um, because it was just like, right, play this, choose your characters, you will fight other characters that are from the Marvel and or Capcom universe, and then you will eventually kill Galactus. That is your goal. Do I unlock anything? Do I get anything else? Nope, nope. But there will be some DLC later on. You could have Nova. Alright, like, oh, okay, cool. But, uh, yeah, it, it just, you know, and oh, obviously it makes, you know, sense for these games which, play, you know, play out on the stage of medium to big size events and that's where they have their longevity and that's where the kind of vocal fans are. But it's just the, it's a why. Why would you, you know, if you released a, a game like that and it just didn't feel very good to play that had a really good story mode you know it's obviously like why are you spending time in the story mode for me it was just the you know and i love watching it and and you know we've we've truly blessed in our timeline that crossovers which you know used to be really rare uh you know when it used to be possible to to play you know like six degrees of mario whatever and for it to be a challenge Whereas now, of course, crossovers is just every, everything. Everything is a crossover, and we're just just it's absolutely absolutely lucky and blessed, and somewhat over obsessed with things crossing over. Mm-hmm. It's just a waste of the potential, you know. Just uh, imagine the opportunity. The and you kind of saw little bits of it in some of the, the you know the cut scenes, that like Morrigan hanging out with Iron Man, and and you know them kind of having a bit of a thing. Uh, you know, Chris face squaring off against the Hulk. You know, oh, that's good because. You know, he's used to fighting mutated big things. And, big green hunters, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, it's just for me, it's just the the, the squandered potential uh, for for what they could really have kind of 
done and run with um rather than it just being uh you know oh here's a character that here's a character you like uh and then that's okay i guess that can lead us nicely into um uh the idea of kind of being a basement king and this is something i really miss about being yeah. a bit older and, and, and games kind of running away from from um, being couch cart friendly uh is where you'd have a, a small gaggle of friends who have all picked their favorite characters and you kind of over hours days and weeks develop like a little mini arms race you know so you pick a character because it's your favorite or you like it or they'd all you know you'd always have that friend who would choose the cheaty character or the boss character <laughs> uh and then you develop you know without knowing necessarily knowing all the moves or all the right strategies or the fact that you know parrying is really important uh, develop these this arms race of strategies and counter strategies and that okay I can't keep spamming that move because now he's worked out the timing uh, so I'm going to choose this character or do this um, and being you know that, that feeling of being the best within your group of friends at this particular fighting game um, you know with the knowledge now knowing full well that you know you are you are just uh, a basement king although we don't really have basements in the UK we need another term for that uh Wine cellar, <laughs> um, <laughs> conservatory kings. I don't know. <laughs> conservatory. I'm just thinking where you know where would where would your setting room parents, parents <laughs> let you set up with you and your mates somewhere away? Shed kings, maybe. <laughs> or indeed, just in the setting room. Are you lot fucking <laughs> done with the TV yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or um. <laughs> Yeah, well, the internet's really slow. Can you stop playing your games on the TV? <laughs> Which, of course, made no sense. Also. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so we had that situation with uh, Soul Blade, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I had the same situation with Soul Blade. Uh, me and a couple of people in, in, in my, my year at school were into it, and it was a case of, like, I went away. There was two characters I made at that point. It was uh, Lee Long and Cervantes. Shut you, Billy Big Boss. <laughs> what? Meaning two characters, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you go on the Did you go on the Scottish Pro Circuit that year? Yeah, yeah, I won it. Go gold. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I wasn't really paying attention. That was mostly uh, sort of still, you know, doing all of the time trials and uh, Mario Kart uh, on the SNES. <laughs> Um, I, I was just like, yeah, I was just sort of doing it as, as a, as a yeah. thing, yeah, side thing, yeah. yeah. But it was easy. Fucking uh, <laughs> no, it was because uh, like Lee Long was um, very good character, but Cervantes was like the one that you wanted. The cheaty boss character. Well, I, no, I, yeah, he no was, told but you he was before. <laughs> I am that friend. Really... <laughs> good friends yeah. um, he was basically was well known to be the cheaty boss character well no soul edge was the uh, or inferno he was, was. <laughs> pro level soul blades player and he's been choosing the cheaty cheaty boss yeah Lee Long <laughs> but Lee Long's not in this series anymore yeah, it's a shame when characters like just kind of drop off. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so I guess I guess we're in PlayStation days. 
And that's that's where to me, um, it kind of exploded, right? We've, we've got bloody raw. We've got battle arena to shoot rival them. schools. Rival yeah, schools. Oh, that's fantastic. The three uh, D, basically the three D fighters, but we're still two D. Came into into being. Um, Darkstalkers. Yeah, yeah, I just remember all these. Um, well, Darkstalkers was uh, Snares. Did there was that one on the PlayStation? Yeah, there was. Darkstalkers three was on the PlayStation, but um. Whatever happened to that series? Well, there is talk, or there has been talk for many years that they were going to revive. Uh, Darkstalkers in the same way as they did with um, what's it called uh, Street Fighter 5 using the same engine but yeah um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Darkstalkers as a game and in fact Heart came back to what are you aiming about <laughs> I don't think it was in the SNES dude really the first game is the Night Warriors, 1994. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So it was arcade, then... Then PlayStation. Okay, sorry. My bad. Yeah, fucking hell. Uh, and, you know, unless you had a... Yeah. <laughs> My uncle works on Nintendo, he gave me the, the original Darkstalkers one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah before they... Before, because originally they were making them. Yeah, sad, sad. They've been in more games as cameos than they, yeah. Their own series. And they're such great characters, and they're so much fun to play. Like, I mean, just like Sasquatch and like a big Frankenstein guy, and then you've got the zombie Sid Vicious style character, and it's really cool. Um, but again, it never really expanded, um, like beyond like you would get to the end of it and it would tell you a little story in text. Now that Morrigan had one ex, she's gonna go back to her castle and be Morrigan. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking, <I'm>, and, <laughs> um, yeah. She's Scottish, right? Uh, I think she's Irish. Racist. What a racist. <laughs> You're all the same, right, you Celts? Oh, what fuck not? off. Yeah, Irish. Oh, no, that's the actual Demorgan. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's... Uh, I, If it's any racism here, it's probably Japan. Probably mixing Scotland and Ireland together. Oh, yeah, just mashing it together. Yeah. I don't think she's Scotland. I thought there's a level of Scottish. Well, Morrigan, uh, the name Morrigan is. is Listen, is this from... is information just from my head, right? Okay, cool, fine, whatever. Morrigan is a succubus, as we know, and the adopted yeah. daughter of the demon king Belial, yeah, of the Ainsland House. Yeah, and prophesied her birth in Scotland. Okay, yeah, but I think she was given an Irish accent in um, Marvel uh, versus Capcom Infinite. I will, I will look into that. I think she was made Irish then, or retconned to be Irish. Oh, that'll be that'll be a scandal because this po- this podcast is pro uh, non caricature Scottish characters in games. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah, and we're, we're going to shout out to every time we find one, which is rare. <laughs> every time we find a Scottish character in a video game, I can think of... It isn't a caricature, so none of dwarf shit. Uh, what about uh, GTA Vice City? You got um, the the rock band. It's led up by the guy who played uh, Tommy in Trainspotting. Oh uh, yeah, the fake um, Spinal Tap. Yeah. <laughs> love juice. Yeah, I'm gonna say love juice. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh, they're great. <laughs> Shout out to Love Juice. <laughs> oh my god. So what do excited. you keep doing? So excited. It's not like I get excited. <laughs> it is Love Juice. It is indeed Wee. Love Juice. Well what done. A, what a fantastic piece of trivia to <laughs> in my brain. Absolutely but, nothing more important that needed to be in there than that. Given, given that Rockstar is in Scotland, uh, or in Edinburgh, <laughs> There is a lot of nods to Scotland in there as well. Like, I think yeah. uh, San Andreas, instead of the San Francisco Bridge, they actually put the Fourth Road Bridge in there, which is the bridge going over the Fourth in Scotland. Yeah. Eight or nine. Yeah. Everyone. It's, it's <laughs> forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can't think of any other Scottish characters in games that aren't portrayed as like wearing a kilt or having bagpipes or being drunk oh god <laughs> or beating up their wife or dying of heroin or being, being tight. Mia, miserable yeah 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 so Morrigan is Morrigan if she is Scottish is none of that okay yeah no I know and she's actually quite sexy which is <laughs> yeah which is which is not very Scottish, right? <laughs> I mean, no, yeah. being sexy is definitely Scottish, um, or can be, but you're not gonna, you know, stir about the high street dressed like that. Although oh, that's not true. I've been to Scotland. That is exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to fucking say. <laughs> <laughs> special physiology that, that Scottish men and women. I love the fact that you even used the right terminology, stoat a bit. You know, stoating a bit in the high street, man. I just, uh, I'd, I'd love, I'd love, <laughs> I'd love for Morrigan to be like proper thick Glaswegian accent. <laughs> I'm a uh, fucking succubus, by the way. Please make that series come true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, swapping in, swapping her bloody bottles of ginger down at the newsagent. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird reference! <laughs> just, you know, typically Scottish things. No one, no one bats an eyelid at the fact that she's got yeah, wings and head wings. <laughs> right, okay. I think uh, we've talked really, really in depth about the mechanics of Darkstalkers there. <laughs> so that's, why you should... that's why it's a series that needs to bring you back. Yeah. Uh, tell me about uh, this is a series I've I've not engaged with very much at all. Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear. Um, so ugh, I have 
only sort of played about with them in in sort of uh, touched here and there, and um, I like I played the old versions, and there's a lot of like um, older versions of these games which don't run beautifully, uh, especially in the PC, which I think probably one of the only places they exist nowadays um but king of fighters and guilty gear they they all sort of one spawned from the other um so you you have these king of fighter characters and um guilty gear characters and they're nuts they're super japanese crazy characters every anime trope that you could think of is in there you know, the crazy psychotic woman down to, like, a maid who hits you with cats. Um, or, like, a big jock guy um, versus a, a skinny guy that has a giant robot behind him. You know, all of these typical Japanese anime tropes. And, and the characters are so well-rounded that you almost create the backstory that's correct in your head just by their intro animations <laughs> you know uh, and they're always quite um quite explosive and things like that i had a couple of issues and i can't remember which specific one of the many millions of guilty gears or king of fighters i think it was guilty gear in fact in that and this actually goes against something that i was saying against the vanilla uh holotype for what a, a fighting game is. fighting game. Yeah. Um, there's a weird mechanic in, I think it's Guilty Gear, where you jump, and if you jump over someone, you actually have to press a button to turn around and face them. So this is the really, that, that, that was a very weird mechanic for me, which is you have to choose which way you're facing. Now, I'm sure that opens up, like, back attacks and putting in loads of other kind of weird combat things. But the idea that you actually had to physically turn left or, or make yourself look right or look left, that blew my mind as to why the hell would you want to do that? And I tried sticking with it. I got, I think I played through as one character. And I was just like, this is impossible. I'm done. So, my <laughs> experience of the Guilty Gear King of Fighters series was that. <laughs> oh, that's a shame, because I thought you would have, um... I mean... Guilty Gear would have been right over the street. It definitely. Like, uh, the characters are really, really cool. Yeah. Um, King of Fighters is a lot newer, and I think... I, I don't remember the exact history. I think King of Fighters split from Guilty Gear. Um... Really? I, that seems surprising to me because one is a fairly, you know, generic uh, fighting game with colourful characters, and then one is a mental uh, kind of hellscape yep. game, right? Yeah, but there's still all sorts of characters in there. Uh, definitely. Let's hear yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I'm. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's one or the other, and I think they they did or there is a there is a link between the two. Like the guy who created 
Guilty Gear left the series to make King of Fighters or something along those lines. I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. But I think there is definitely a link between the two. And there is... I think they keep seeing each other as well. There's crossovers. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, crossover game. Same universe. Uh, so all of, the, all of this is happening within... Um, well, we're, we're getting it uh, on our crazy little island. Uh, really, during the PlayStation. Well, this is when they first kind of come over here. It's just... Yeah, it's just this crazy explosion of um, all these different fighters. And then, in my mind anyway, they kind of almost disappeared completely. And for a while, it just felt like maybe it's around the PlayStation 2 era. It's kind of like Dead or Alive was the only fighting game that was coming out. Well, we've also skipped one big major series as well that started its roots on the PlayStation. Uh, and that's Tekken. Oh, yeah. You're a huge Tekken fan, right? Well, not to say. I'm barely big balls, you know? Uh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I am... Um, I... You were the first... Yeah, yeah, Celtic. first... <laughs> to... Um... Into Celtic Championship. To get all gold on... Uh... <laughs> yeah. On 300cc. Um, yeah, <laughs> with uh, Roger. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I actually didn't play the original Tekken. I played Tekken 2. I don't know why. You, you maverick. <laughs> but again, one of the things that I really, really loved about Tekken 2, and it's just back to what we were saying about um, all of the extras and things like that that you would get in like, the SNES games and stuff like that, all of these millions of things that you would get um, that are just would now be DLC. In Tekken 2, you started off with less than half of the character roster. And then you play through as each one of those characters. And then you would unlock their their nemesis as a player. Who usually had a similar moveset with some slight differences and looked different. Um... And then after that, you would still unlock even more. You would unlock Angel and Devil versions. You would unlock Alex and Roger, the the, the lizard and kangaroo. And there was loads of other crazy things in there. And like, even just like when you loaded Tekken 2, you got to play Galaga for some reason. <laughs> you know, you got to... Yeah, that was, that was great. Because uh, was it Ridge Racer as well where you could play a little game on the left? Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe I'm mixing the two up. Ah, <laughs> oh, well done, Richie. That's the kind of quality game. Journal, yeah, you can yeah. <laughs> some but, PlayStation game had yeah. some. There's <laughs> <laughs> Namco, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have Get fun. Yourself. <laughs> Motherfuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, but yeah. That, that, the, the depth and the beauty of like having so much um, of this available to you just from one game as opposed to like, a million different versions or DLC or whatever. You just get given so much with uh, taking to the game that you, by the time you'd unlocked everything, you'd actually played it so much that you'd learned everything at the same time. Well, not everything, 
but you would learn so much about it. I was so into Tekken 2 because I invested that amount of time unlocking everything. I was like, mm-hmm. this is excellent. I want to continue playing it. And um, I remember, and this <laughs> this harks back to something that you would more likely to do because you are the sort of person who collects every single Nintendo magazine, every single poster that comes with a game or poster that comes with a Nintendo magazine and you file it away and you keep it and it's all precious and it's neat. But what I did was, <laughs> and this was a, a PlayStation magazine, I bought two copies of it, um, and I took... Which is, co- <laughs> which is, you know, a big, that's a big move. It's a big investment for yeah. Billy Big Balls. Um, yeah. For the 10-year-old Richie. <laughs> um, and I cut out all of the pages so that I could have, like, laminated pockets to flick through so that I could get to each one of the characters' movesets. Because you didn't have that pause which allowed you to have all of the, you know, the the moves available to you. You literally had to learn all these things. And, like, I remember, like, moves, like, Armor King had one where you did a full circle forward and then press back and you would do a grapple that would make them spin around. And, like... I think you could do mid inputs as well so like if you did a grapple and then pressed a button you would then move into a different kind of grapple and, and i mean it was great i i remember it i just that's adorable i love the thought of like a, <laughs> a young richie you know, you, you're cutting out the magazines your tongue is is poking out the side of your of your mouth because you're <laughs> concentrating so hard making this little little second two book <laughs> yeah essentially you still have it uh, I I I'm I, I have a cupboard at home which has all of my old toys and books and things like that. I'm gonna say it's probably if it still exists, it's in there. Uh-huh. There is a chance it exists. That'd be great. It's right next to my uh, special version of Mario All Stars. <laughs> German <laughs> copy of Mario All Stars. It's not German. Scary Mario. I had Sonic playable in uh, in all the Mario games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because yeah. my uncle used to work for blah blah blah. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> um, what would you say? Uh, and then I guess there's Mortal Kombat, which we, which you've talked about in other podcasts, which you're a you're a big fan of. Yeah, of, I I I really uh, really enjoyed Mortal Kombat. Um, it fits and... your edge lord aesthetic, I think. <laughs> Fucking hell, man! My favorite Mortal Kombat uh, had to be uh, Mortal Kombat Three or Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three um, on the SNES. Um, now I played Mortal Kombat One and Two on the Amiga, and like I told you, it had its flaws. Yeah, I still fucking played it, you know, um, and got through those stages. Uh, each time you wanted to do a blooming test your might or whatever it was, you had to put in the disc just to change characters. But um, on the SNES, Mortal Kombat 3, um, and I spent a long time on that game. Um, and I remember like there was lots of secrets, lots of hidden things. If you put in a certain code, you could play as Shao Kahn. 
big cheaty boss character um <laughs> and like it, it, it was fun because admittedly they took out a few of the characters and they added some new ones in um and really who's who isn't in uh three who's in one and two um god uh right so i think you don't have reptile until uh... <laughs> what is that not oh, true uh, well no, no, no just reptile uh if i if i were to main anyone in mortal kombat it would be reptile i i don't think um, you in fact i'm i'm here it's you don't have any of the ninjas except Sub-Zero, and it's Sub-Zero's younger brother in Mortal Kombat wow. 3. Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 brought the ninjas back in, and it brought Rain and Ermac and stuff like that. But yeah, Mortal Kombat 3, I think it only had like 18 characters or something like that. Um quite a lot back in the day, no? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, but like they took out all of the ninjas, and they gave you Sindel... And striker, <laughs> uh, people like that, like they didn't really make it much beyond there. Um, and of course, it introduced the robots as well. And you always had um, the the middle box, which had a random character in the middle. Every so often, you would see uh, cyber smoke appear. So you had um, sector and cyrax. Then you had this blue other robot who was um, smoke, basically. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, um, it was obviously sort of like this hidden character in the middle. And yeah, you had to do things to unlock. Well, you didn't unlock him. You could only play as him with a key input or after you'd done certain things. And I remember like. Mortal Kombat 3 was so full of cheats as well. Um, it had like different levels of cheats. Like you could put an input in at the start and you would get the the small cheat menu. Then you would get the ultra cheat menu. And then you would get the Tobias um, cheat menu or the crazy cheat menu and stuff like that, where they would give you so many different options and how to play the game and what you could do in it and all that sort of stuff. It, it was really, really fleshed out in the way of secrets. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't until like Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, I think you even got Scorpion, which is fucking nuts. Uh, yeah, because that's obviously one of the characters that you associate with Mortal Kombat series. Yeah, absolutely. It's a funny one. It's a funny one. Mind you, the same. Obviously, it's put on a under a spotlight with the Smash Brothers series, but you know the the kind of uh, and you don't really get this with other kinds of games as well. But you know what what the cast is from game to game, um, and the fact that you know characters would be dropped or characters would be added, uh, or there'd be secret characters or horror yeah. characters. Um, was today, for the most part. Although Mortal Kombat, kind of throughout, has been quite liberal with the ah no, we're just not having this character. Yeah, they they have their own um, storylines and in, in, in so many of their games that they're just kind of like yeah, you just don't have them now. But 
there will be an ultimate version or in the uh, or as what they did with the uh, ultimate mortal kombat 3 they then had um mortal kombat trilogy i don't know if you remember that on the playstation where they brought back all of the characters from mortal kombat 1 2 and 3 but in the mortal kombat 3 engine and it had everyone including all of the boss characters like you could play as um like the the centaur guy shit motaro um and like you could just play as all the ninjas rain and air mac um and, and so it was kind of it was it was what everybody secretly wanted but it was actually a terrible game oh raiden uh-huh. raiden wasn't in mortal kombat 3 Again, a very iconic man. character. Is he the lightning man? <laughs> yeah, he's the lightning man with the... Oh, I can't stand lightning man. Oh, he's the star of the later versions. <laughs> it's just annoying, though. <laughs> yeah. I would say a little bit of that disdain comes from the fact that he shares the name as Raiden from Metal Gear 2, Solid 2. <laughs> or the Japanese name for the Thunder God. <laughs> or is it Raijin? I don't know. Yeah, don't know anyway. Don't know what you're talking about there. Yeah, okay, cool. Two, two otaku for you. <laughs> <laughs> two weeb. Two weeb. Jeez, <laughs> Japanese mythology podcasts. <laughs> um, but yeah, like with, uh, with Mortal Kombat, you had all of those characters. But Mortal Kombat Trilogy, they brought everyone together and they brought it on the PlayStation and it was generally not very well received. Um, it had a lot of issues, um, specifically because it had disc loading times again. So if you remember, PlayStation running off a CD, uh, it was, yeah, wasn't a very well received game. Um, but beyond Mortal Kombat trilogy, I didn't really play that much Mortal Kombat. Um, until the more recent games, um, there was, I think it was Mortal Kombat versus DC was the next one that I sort of jumped into, uh, <laughs> which was actually a really really great game. Um, I don't know if you ever played it. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. But I love that it's the, it's the like the Mega Blocks to Lego, right? <laughs> Marvel vs. Capcom is polished and shiny and all the characters you know and love and then kind of Mortal Kombat vs. DC is the kind of dirty, (laughs) you know, less quality of the blocks, uh, a little bit more kind of uh, bloody and slutty and... Yeah, I mean... They, they play on the whole merging of universes and stuff like that, so it actually does become like DC characters versus Mortal Kombat characters. And there's some weird, um, sort of like the good guys and the bad guys from the DC universe all have to team up against the Mortal Kombat good guys and bad guys, and then suddenly it becomes the good guys versus the bad guys, and yeah. it's all that sort of stuff. But it was, it was a fun story, and of course, that gave. Uh, way to the Injustice series, which yeah. you know, uh, 
But um, yeah, I thought it was good, and I enjoyed the storyline. The Joker in it is brilliant. <laughs> Such a good character. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, I think my love of Mortal Kombat mainly came from like the SNES versions, um, and uh, to a little extent the more uh, the oh, the what the older versions of fucking and the Amiga. Say your words, Richie. Um, <laughs> and they were they were good fun. Um, and that they, despite all the loading times, you just spent a lot of your time learning fatalities and friendships and babalities. <laughs> just, you know, it was good fun, like, learning that sort of stuff. And I, I don't know if that constitutes a game, but we're, we're not going to get into that... Um, <laughs> Um, sort of level of existential viewing of what a game is. <laughs> yeah, it's just that, just that extra, all that gubbins, that extra stuff. Um, it gave it a bit of longevity beyond, uh, yeah, beyond if, if you didn't necessarily have somebody to play against all the time. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we briefly kind of. Stopped on injustice there, um, and I, I guess it's uh, injustice is a, a fun game, and I suppose New Mortal Kombat is its own special beast as well. Um, I, I've obviously I've talked to you and, and our listeners um, about Mortal Kombat 11 and Aftermath, um, and Injustice I actually quite enjoy as well, but mainly for the plot. Uh, injustice. Yeah, that's one of the- yeah, one of the ones that um, kind of counterpoints what we were saying earlier about you know uh, this trend away from kind of the story content or simplified content. Yeah, and it does. But it, what um, what gets me about Injustice is um, it, it has a great um, storyline. It's very very involving. But anywhere you else you look in that game, you are sort of exposed to five or six different currencies you have a random chance a day to to unlock boxes um, to get equipment for your characters and the equipment seems to modify moves in some fashion I was just like I don't want that level Um, I know I've been bitching about there isn't enough single player stuff in a single player for for, uh, fighting games but this was just overwhelming. Just too much, man, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, it, there, there is that in Mortal Kombat as well. They have that, uh, you look in any direction and there is these new things that they add in and it is confusing at first and I'm sure that once you deep dive into it, it's worth it for an extra single player experience, but nah. I don't think I've got the time or patience for that. <laughs> Yeah, neither. Mortal Kombat series has been kind in that respect. Yeah, but Mortal Kombat, the recent ones have actually had a lot of fun. They've had some good cameos in them. Um, like they've had Jason and Leatherface and Alien and Freddy and all that sort of stuff. And of course the new one has Robocop and Terminator and p- possibly Ash from <laughs> Evil Dead turning up. I think, I think you've mentioned that. Maybe once every two episodes. <laughs> once every two um, episodes, yeah. <laughs> I really hope 
that Ash does come to Mortal Kombat because he's so chuffed. <laughs> we have to do a whole episode on the uh, Evil Dead games, of which there are there are many, not many of which are great, um, to celebrate uh, Ash's triumphant yeah. uh, entrance. Absolutely. Let's talk. Um, let's talk Dead or Alive because that's that's actually one of the fighting games where we have played together <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah dead or alive um that was famously the first game to include a slider for breast jiggliness yeah and that and <laughs> that, that and then what's it called the extreme volleyball yep uh, which is you know like dating Pervy dating sim. I overshadows the fact that it's a good fighting game. And to me, that's what annoys me so much. Um, you know, it had a really good, really good kind of like parry system. Um, uh, again, interesting storyline that they, you know kind of interweaves with their its own spin-off games. Um, uh, and yeah, beautiful looking games, and um, and it's one of the series that I've been really well, interested in. And like I say, certainly to my mind, this, this is probably not true. Uh, for a while, it was kind of the only the only way that fighting games seemed to persist. You know, Street Fighter was in a black hole for a bit. Um, Cell Calibur felt like that had a break. Tekken, you know, they, they, yeah, Mortal Kombat, kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they all kind of ran themselves into the ground for one reason or another, or, or I don't know, maybe people thought there wasn't enough space for them, or everything was moving towards playable online and, and just netcode or whatever wasn't up to it. Uh, yeah, and so kind of dead or alive, and it seemed to just keep powering through. Well, the wonder of Dead or Alive and what makes it different from other fighting games was the introduction of the parry button. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's not something that you see in many other games um, aside from Dead or Alive and that is just straight up use this button and if you use it at the right time you are going to counter the person's move and you're like alright okay cool and that changed the way a fighting game sort of played and in fact that it was more complex as well it's like even when you'd done a parry depending on the types of parry you could put in other inputs that would then extend those moves um, into sort of grapples and twists. It was sort of like that's why you have two wrestling characters in it. You've got uh, Boss and Tina because um, their moves they end up just being American wrestling moves where they, they just sort of chain, throw you, and then grapple, and then twist you, and then break you, and then then let you go. So it, it was it was a really really cool game in that fashion I, I liked that a lot the characters though I mean I find the characters to be a little bit shallow uh, and I can probably name quite a few of them but are I mean are they that special or different like it, it Dead or Alive went off on its weird tangent as well it had like clones and everybody was a clone of someone else. <laughs> um, so it's like so, there's like three ways to run 
your already crap narrative into the ground. You either go like the clone, uh, <laughs> clone direction, uh, dimension direction, or time travel as a, <laughs> as a way to say, you know, oh, how do we, how do we escalate this? Uh, this simple story about this person versus this person and they don't like each other or it's a revenge story or whatever it's like okay we've done that what do we do now and it's always just these oh, <laughs> <laughs> aliens <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so yeah oh god I forgot about all the, all the clone bullshit and that um yeah yeah and then uh and I guess well what fighting games aside from Mortal Kombat what what recent fighting games have you put any time into uh, what recent ones I mean obviously I, I spent a lot of time on uh, Smash Brothers but um, yeah. I like I spent a lot of time just doing the single player stuff playing that storyline playing as Peach who I was maining at the time was, was great fun and a great way to, to play that game but beyond that I I found myself not really wanting to do much. I know that you're really into the spirits on um, what's it called, Smash Brothers, and making sure you collect yeah. all of them. But I just yeah, Smash also. Uh, no, I really um, we we talked about this because we were we seem to be at odds with uh, the vocal fans um, when Smash Ultimate came out uh, because uh, you know the first few games didn't really have much of a storyline at all, you know, beyond that FMV sequence of these toy box characters coming to life. Then there was the subspace em- emissary. Is that right? That sounds weird now. Yeah. Um, in... Is it Brawl? God, I forget now. Yeah, Brawl. Which is, which is phenomenal, you know, to, to actually see uh, it's short, not huge, but cutscenes of all the different characters interacting with each other. Um, that was great. And then uh, that side of stuff was completely dropped from um, the 3DS uh, Wii U one, um, which was a big shame. And then, and then we were quite excited to see what the single player stuff would, what the story, if you like, stuff would be like. Yeah. In Smash Ultimate. And a lot of people absolutely hated the the spirits um, and the world of light, and thought it was a massive waste of time. Um, whereas I really, I just, I love the idea of, of of it being this kind of huge love letter to almost all of video game kind now. You know, now that so many everyone kind of wants to be on board with them. The Smash Brothers, yeah, yeah, exactly. And There's so many nice nods as well. It was it was it's true. So it's just a love letter to them. It's fantastic yeah. how well it was it's done. Like, yeah. okay, how can we imagine reimagine this character from a fairly obscure NES game? How would we, you know, encapsulate their their spirit or their theme just using the items, stages, and characters that we have within uh, Smash Brothers? Um, and it and it continues. You know, we've, we've got more characters. Every now and then, uh, they'll release uh, a bunch of spirits related to upcoming games. We've had some Animal Crossing uh, spirits recently. Resident Evil uh, ones. Yeah, the Resident Evil ones are in there. Um, Warframe, you know, almost making the Six Degrees of Mario game completely pointless. Because <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, oh, this person smash Mario. This person smash Mario. Uh, so yeah, I really, I really like that because as much fun as um, uh, you know, playing Smash against the CPU, and if you don't have anywhere else you're going to play, is um, spirits kind of mix up a little bit. Uh, a bit of a daily login thing. Um, we keep adding more of them, and it's just interesting to see. Uh, you know, okay, how have they reimagined this character? And in some cases, you're like, okay. I just fought this character and um, it was weird, you know, it's them and they had an accompanying giant cat and the floor was poison. What's their story? <laughs> What's the... What yeah, and, and then you go this? away in Wikipedia and you're like, oh, that's really cool. It was a nod to yeah, eggs. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, the, the world of light itself, um, it's just way too big. <laughs> so huge. Um, and goes on and on, but there's not much to it, you know, there's those, what, three, four, five mini cutscenes. And again, it's just one of those, uh, one of those wasted opportunities. And, uh, and yeah, would have loved to have seen something a little bit more along the subspace episode lines. Um, uh, but yeah, but apparently a lot of people, a lot of other people absolutely hated, <coughs> hated the idea of spirits, haven't really engaged with it, don't really see the point. Um, They're wrong. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, so that's Smash Brothers is probably the only. I was trying to think of. Oh, I liked Pokémon Tournament a lot, um, and that's one game that I've sort of been following uh, because uh, it still runs um, in the kind of Pokémon annual events. Uh, but annoyingly, I don't know why, maybe because it's an old game, I don't know, maybe because they want to push people to look at newer games. It's still, so you'll have the, the Pokemon card game, as in the physical card game. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the video game, and then Pokemon Tournament. But often they won't stream uh, Pokemon Tournament at all. So you just have to, it's like a side event, and it's a shame. You know, it's oh, okay. Uh, and then, and then that's yeah. That's probably one of the few fighting games that I've, I've followed at the professional in inverted commas, um, the professional scene. Uh, and again, that's that's kind of like the idea of the conservatory kings, but on on. <laughs> I love that you're sticking with conservatory kings. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, so recently, or oh, this year. It, Again, when they were readily streaming them, you know, there's there's characters which people had written off, as you know, yeah, no one can really do anything with this character. Uh, people have unlocked, you know, this kind of new tech, and now all of a sudden they're top tier. Uh, so I really like that. Really like kind of following characters' kind of trajectories um, as as players work out new combos. And for a game like Pokémon, that's you know, what are we five six years since the original one on the Wii U, people are still kind of um, pulling out new tech, uh, which is great. Absolutely great. Hmm. Yeah. So those are the two, the two that I still play regularly. And then before that, look at the game library. Uh, it's maybe it was Tatsunoko versus Capcom was the last fighting game I bought before that. Yeah. I mean, that was a solid fighting game. I didn't touch it at all, but I am. Um, I like. I heard great things about it. And like the character designs for the Street Fighter um, lot was really, really well done. Yeah, and I'm a, a huge uh, 
Dead Rising fan as well, so um, I was happy to play with her, her friends, even though you know I had no familiarity with the Tatsunoko characters whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean that, that's the thing is like it was surprising to see that I even got a European release or Western yeah. release because yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, it's all very, very obscure Japanese characters. But that is actually a, quite a good um, segue into there is a lot of very very solid um, sort of 2D anime Japanese games that still exist out there as well. Now I, I've just I've just opened up my um, Steam library. I have a load of these Japanese fighting games, and purely because I think they look quite cool. And but there's just so many of them, and they're usually like done by System Tech or whatever their name is, um, Arc System, yeah, Arc Systems, yeah. And they they they're just basically sort of trying to create recreate anime fights, um, and I I think the raw one v one vanilla system that I was talking about actually lends really well to that so like if you can get really really good with a character and you are twitch sensitive and are able to sort of pull off these moves once you're able to do that and then get a character in the corner and start pulling off some ridiculous fucking move where giant robots come in and target and blow people up and then some scantily clad female robot slashes down their spine from behind or some sort of crazy Japanese nonsense like happens it lends itself really really well in those kind of uh, games specifically like like e- even when um, the Street Fighter games they sort of moved to this as well in fact I think they might have been the sort of first ones to do it when a game or a fighting game stops because you've landed a, a a move do you know what i mean so like in street fighter 2 you didn't have any of it you fought you fought you fought it happened but if you landed a specific special move or if you've pulled off an extra move or you've built up your combo meter and you're able to do this special move the screen freezes nobody can press any other buttons you just have to watch a big crazy attack happen um and and i think even uh, marvel vs capcom 2 had that with uh, the assists you would always choose three characters and if you could get off a special move at just the right time and then put in the input you could actually get all three characters on the screen at the same time doing fucking nuts so you could have Ryu doing some big um, meg crazy big mega crazy nuts hadouken whilst Spider-Man's flinging webs and the Hulk is charging in behind them or whatever you know like those kind of things would happen and it just gets out of control nuts and i think that lends itself very well to the the sort of japanese anime style um but like some of the names of these these games are out of control so like i've got one here called melty blood actress again current code (laughs) yeah it it is uh like the like the kind of yeah, uh, anime brothers and sisters. It does seem that you just throw a bunch of random ne- English nouns into a hat 
here. And then, and then pull them out. Um, or another one another here. One. Under night, in birth, exe, colon, late. <laughs> and like, I briefly had a look into it, and, and they, they actually mean things. So, like, if we go back to the example of the Street Fighter crossover game, which may not be a crossover game, um... Yeah. I, the one tiny thing that I wrote was actually it's Street Fighter Alpha 2 but it includes the EX layer like what the fuck is the EX layer is that like extra move extra special move, extra characters does it mean extra and like what the fuck but it's just like it seems to be developer speak has crept into the names of a lot of these uh, fighting games, especially the mad Japanese ones, and I'm sure it's just kind of like, uh, like when you look at uh, Undernight Inbirth Exe Late. So I feel like that is like the latest Exe file, and that's just like as in like a PC Exe file. And I think that's why it's called that. Um, <laughs> but. Like, I, I've played a few of these ones, and, like, you'll just choose a character, and it's odd that a few of these Japanese games, they, sometimes the whole cast is just nothing but female characters, and you're like, oh, Japanese. You know, <laughs> they're fucking nuts. All right, okay. And, of course, they, they aren't actually female characters. They're anthropomorphizations of civil wars that happened throughout history Sorry, or something. Say that word again. Anthropomorphizations, anthropomorphizations of civil wars throughout Japanese history, or something stupid like that. But that, yeah, you know, that is a, a typical thing that you will get. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like the other thing that I've found with a lot of these Japanese. Arxis games or whatever or they might not even be Arxis, they're probably like basement dweller games um, and is it they don't always work <clears throat> excuse me they they tend to be quite flaky so I, I don't know if it's just like people who are building these fighting games there is like a standard way to make fighting games and people are doing the art and animations and trying to build on top of it but I see that they crash an awful lot you know um, and I, like it's not something you see with Mortal Kombat or the bigger titles like uh, the Soul Calibur and things like that I find that it's these 2D fighters which look simple just tend to crash a lot on my PC Maybe my PC shit, um, but <laughs> it wouldn't be unprecedented. It would be unprecedented, but I always find that they're just very, very flaky, um, flaky games that seem to have been have a cult following. And when I say cult, it probably means that they are flaky. Um, but people have found out that if you launch it as an administrator it'll stay up for a certain amount of time or you have to have X installed as well uh, you know it's just like what is the point of this um, but there, there, there definitely is a cult and you go back to your conservatory kings um, online there are people who 
say oh this is the best one and they go into all of the details and there's like discords that are set up just for how to you know play this person perfectly as a zoner or as a grappler or use this person but use this person to couple up with them that sort of stuff mad nuts sort of stuff um and it's weird like i will still always put them on my wish list and (laughs) i will still like think oh that's cool i i really like fighting games I want to learn all about these fighting games. I want to main this character, but in all actuality, I'm not going to spend the weeks, months, years that is designed to be put into these games to play against no one. Nobody. Yeah. (laughs) That's the sadness at the heart of uh, of, uh, fighting games, I think. Fighting games without a, uh, a, a player to or without a community where you can kind of you know just lose the against or bounce ideas off or uh, you know practice 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 and rivalry yeah I, I mean unfortunately the, the uh, with many fighting games and particularly the ones as you've mentioned many of which don't have any kind of much in the way of uh, offline single player or story content. Is that age very well? You know, do you, once once the servers are dropped, uh, you know, all you've got is a you know kind of like a hollow dojo where where all you can do is is kind of play against uh, some CPUs. Yeah. Yeah, which is, uh, which is sad. It is sad. I think because then yeah, you kind of lost. Yeah, there's no, you know, it's just loading out to, to give your favourite character uh, a kind of a spin. Oh, that's it. Whereas, you know, I can still happily go back to Soul Blade. And yeah. Play through. What is that? What is that mode called? I've been trying to think of it all podcast. What mode? What do you mean? It's the mode where you run, which is essentially the story mode. You, you're on a map, and you run from encounter to encounter. Oh. The Edge of Soul, I think it is. Wait a minute, no, no, Edge of Soul is the name of the song. Oh, wait a minute, Edge Master mode. Edge Master? <laughs> really, is it called Edge Master? Yeah, <laughs> it fucking is. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whereas I can still happily fire up Edge Master mode and, uh, and uh, uh, smash, through, smash through that. Oh no, Edge Master mode is not that. Uh, Edge Master mode was where you would get uh, weird conditions um, as you fought against uh, different fighters. So you get like uh, ring outs are not possible. Because you'd unlock weapons in the story mode as well. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Um... Ah. Oh well. Uh, yeah, there's no point in us sitting here googling when we are very clearly nearing the end of this podcast. As your audible yawns have um, <laughs> kind of punctuated. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, very interesting Japanese games, Richie. You uh, fucking yeah, weirdo. Games, uh, 
I'm so interested. What is this one? XA oh, Birth? Okay. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Crazy Japanese games that neither of us have played. Fantastic. Yeah, this is, this is really, really engaging for everyone, man. <laughs> 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 but yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to say about fighting games? Billy Big Balls. Uh, what's your favourite favorite all-time fighting game? Uh, Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur? Uh, Soul Calibur 3, actually. Soul Calibur 3. Cool. A game we didn't mention once. Perfect. <laughs> well, no, we, we touched... Oh, d- we didn't talk End about the Soul... We didn't Perfect. touch the Soul Calibur. Perfect. End of podcast. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> we never talked about Soul Calibur. End of podcast. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra Combo!